Welcome home. This is the Residency Podcast. I am Jeff Damasic with Drew Belcher and Lil Raven. Dessert. Bringing you the biggest guests and stories in entertainment, business, pop culture, and sports from our studio on the Las Vegas Strip inside the Mandalay Bay. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You know the drill. This episode is brought to you by Mandalay Bay. Wrestling is taking over Mandalay Bay the entire week leading up to Memorial Day weekend. We got to go. We have to go, dude. Maybe we'll be in a match. I don't know. <laughs> could you imagine? Surprise, guest. You know what? Anything could happen here. It's Las Vegas. Um, So it's AEW Dynamite on May 25th, AEW Rampage on the 27th, and then the ending with the pay-per-view event, AEW Double or Nothing on May 29th, all at Nicola Balch Arena. Make sure you guys go check it out. Um, what's what's her tagline? Get ready for less distraction and more action. Dude, that was That's so good. I thought you made that up. Dude. No. Didn't make I it up. So. And if you need some music and want the ultimate summer vibe, Sublime is headlining Mandalay Beach May 28th and July 2nd. That's hot. Relax. That'll probably be one we want to go to. That's yeah, yeah. Hot. At the beach. Shirt yeah, the beach off. Is so cool. Very cool venue. As we'll always. Ultra. Right? <laughs> yeah. As always, come say what's up at our studio inside the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook anytime. We want to see you guys. Another great episode today. Yes. Uh, sorry, we're, we're uploading this one late in the week, but things happen, you know? What can we do? Um, this guy is reinventing how to grow as an independent art artist and hopefully changing the game of music. Connor Price, welcome to the show, my hey, man. What's welcome, up? man. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. How you doing? I'm doing great. How does it feel to be a Vegas local? It's awesome. Yeah? Yeah. I, I am from Canada. We, My wife and I, Brianna, we've been living here. How long have we been living here? Yeah, two years. We, we, we rented for a year and then bought our first house so we're like homeowners which Congrats. is crazy thank nice, you man. um but we lived in la the year before and man comparing the cost of living of la and vegas is insane well, a it's a discount here oh right? for right? sure for yeah. sure you pay like, for that nice weather and all that shit in la it's our, free essentially if you want to make it feel better just move to la for a year right hey, i'm moving to vegas now i'll go to la for a year bait and switch myself come back it's free yeah, our <laughs> our rent on our one bedroom apartment in LA is less than our mortgage on on the house here. There you or, go. Sorry, it was it was, it was more. more. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, Bree's uh, sister lives out here. So when we lived in LA, we were always driving out here. Sure. And we just fell in love with Henderson, and we we saw like what they were able to afford with these houses, and it was like, man, what are we doing in LA? <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. So yeah, we've been here, and we uh, we love it. Awesome. Man. What do you like better, LA or Vegas? Truthfully, uh, Vegas. Okay, I, but when I say Vegas, it's like we're, I'm not necessarily one to be on the strip a lot, and no, like, never, never. yeah, yeah, no. like I've never gambled a day in my life. But uh, just Henderson is great, and I'm now a dad as of like a month ago. So congrats, congrats, congrats. Thank you. congrats. yeah, yeah, dad so, squad, right? Dad squad, and right. I'm definitely outnumbered over here. <laughs> Uh, hey, soon, hopefully, right? <laughs> oh, uh, we'll see. <laughs> things you gotta do to get to Ast- there, right? Big right. Asterisk. <laughs> That's a big asterisk. Um, but yeah, Henderson is great. It feels like a great place to like have a kid, and, and our neighbors all have young kids, and there's like a school coming up near our house, and so yeah, it feels like the right place to to have your to, to start a family. It really is. Obviously, I'm Team Vegas and Henderson, I guess, because I was born and raised here. Yeah, but uh, I also like LA. But the cost of living and everything out there, dude. I, I'm give me a week in LA, and I'm maxed out. I feel like <laughs> you have an opinion. What? People have an opinion one way or the other. They either say L.A. is the place to visit and leave or Vegas is the place to visit and leave. I know. You know what I mean? And live. Yeah. It's one or the other. And once you're, like, devout yeah. Vegas, you're like, I can't live in L.A. And then once you're obsessed with L.A., you're like, I can't go anywhere else. For sure. For sure. I love visiting L.A., but living there is, like, a whole different experience. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, if it wasn't for having a history of, of acting and being in L.A. for so long, being so important, I don't think I ever would have gone to L.A. to begin with. But uh, sort of for my career, we were out there for a while. Um, but things have changed a lot recently, especially in acting with everything being self-tape, uh, where instead mm-hmm. of actually going into a room with a casting director, you're just taping from your home and sending it in. And then with COVID happening, there was no in-person auditions and everything was self-tape. And now all these production companies are realizing they can save so much money by having yeah. actors self-tape. 
instead of having to have a casting office and a reader and a camera person, all this stuff. Yeah. That's so actors crazy. are now just self-taping and no one lives in LA anymore. And so many people are moving out. That's what Jack Martin, who we had on the show, said that he did when he got the show La Brea that he's doing on NBC. He said that he did, and we were flabbergasted. Yeah, we were like, how was the audition yeah, process? Like, yeah, he's like, oh no, I did it on a Zoom. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so normal now. Yeah. You just got an NBC show on, on Zoom? That's yeah. crazy. That's how it works? Crazy. Yeah, especially now. Totally. I don't know blows if I get in the zone. Like, I, I feel like I, you need that. Yeah, there, so you, how do you get the energy? How do you get the buildup? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Look, well, see, look in the mirror. Just stare in the mirror like, let's do there, this, dude. Yeah. There's pros and cons of both because, yes, being in a room. Uh, but then, yeah, see, there's so many cons because if you go into a room, so many times I've had an awful reader who doesn't know Ooh. the lines. They're looking at the ground. It's like you're acting to a wall. That's true. So when I'm at home self-taping in my little studio, Brianna's reading for me off camera. We do it as many times as we want. Is it live or can you redo it? Because the redoing okay, well, it could Zoom, be incredible. Yes, Zoom is different. Sorry. Okay, I'm talking about a self-tape. Zoom. But no, but self-tape, you're but allowed to. You can just you can do it as many times as you want. You want. But are if you're most doing, of them Zoom or self-tape? Most then? of them are self-tape. Oh, That's crazy. Okay. Okay, okay, so the big thing is being able to edit and re and, Correct. and flop. Do, do it as many times. Yeah. And an audition, you got one shot, right? You, you got one, one read with those people, the directors in the room, who, the, totally. the casting directors you do in the room. a couple stutters, and you're like, out. this guy's ass. Out. <laughs> like, get out of here, dude. Yeah. yeah, the auditioning, like being able to audition well is a whole different skill in acting that, that some people are really good at. I, I, I get really nervous still, even like 20 years in, I'm like going into a room knowing, okay, I, I, you know, I've got the lines memorized, but what if I screw up? What if this happens? What if that happens? You know, it's still nerve-wracking. Um, but when I'm at home self-taping, you get to do the best job possible. Uh, but Zoom is different. I've heard so many, like, horror stories of, like, uh, like there'd be, like, a sync issue, and there's, like a, like, a really important moment, and it mutes, and you don't hear the other reader, and oh. they're, they're waiting for you, and they think you forgot the line and stuff like that, so... I think Zoom. I think, or your Wi-Fi is lagging. Crushed, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, didn't, can you uh, can you do it again?" And right, you're, just yeah. like, you're like crying, flustered. and yeah. it's like the perfect emotional scene. They're like, "Can you just run that back real quick?" Yeah. <laughs> you're stuttering up. It's, it's getting. Oh my god, can you imagine? That's a lot, dude. That's yeah, so lot. Zoom sound Zooms are awful, but self taping, I prefer to in person auditions. I guess technically, self taping is the best mirror to. A TV or a movie because you get to retape in TV movies. It's not like you're auditioning for a live show like Correct. Broadway or something. Yeah. yeah, you should be allowed to have a couple goes at it if you are taping for a show that's going to obviously do multiple shots. Yeah, I think right? it's I think it's great for production too because they know they're getting the best performance out of the actor. Yeah, and so and and casting, not just the best moment one like one time. Sure, sure. And casting directors want you to do your best work. And when you're in a room and you you were maybe in, stuck in traffic and you get to the waiting room, there's like. Like when I go, people that look like you. That's <laughs> Thirty-seven <laughs> dudes in leather jackets Dude, in a row. Dude, right? you think you're special? You walk into an audition room in LA. There's 20 kids that look exactly like you, and then, and then you go to the callback, and then there's 10 more, and it's like, it's like, damn. Uh, so it can be pretty. It's a huge <laughs> mental game going into like an in-person audition room, and uh, most casting directors are also really like uh, intimidating. Sure, for sure. And for so sure. there's like this cold front that they put up, and you're trying to like warm the room, and they're you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's not because fun. they've seen the everyone do seen everything, and, they're, and they got they're seventy bored. five guys to go through days. So like, all right, come on in, let's go. Here's the line, get out. Yeah. Next yeah. white dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> pretty you know much. I mean? Like, have That's, you ever had a really good or really bad audition that sticks out? Um, I don't have like an awful audition story. Well, uh, I guess I mean, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say the name. <laughs> uh, okay, so there was there was one casting director who who I had known for a while because I'd auditioned for stuff and she was a fan of mine and I was going into an audition one day 
and I made the mistake of not looking on the breakdown of who was casting. I was just, I was in a rush. I knew my lines. I went to the audition room and I saw her there. And when she walked out of the room to call me in, I looked at her like surprised, like, oh, good to see you. And in front of the whole room, she said, you didn't know you were coming in to see me today? Oh, you don't read the, the call sheet? Did you not read the email? Because I knew you were coming in. You didn't know I was. And she like just made me look so stupid in front of everybody. Oh. And I was like, oh, and I made up some dumb excuse. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I think I got the same day. I was in a rush. She goes, my name's also on the door when you walked in. Oh. I, I just like melted into the floor. And then she's like, all right, come on in and do your audition. It's like, yeah, now, now I'm just set up my lines. to completely no fail. <laughs> and it, that was an awful audition. But uh, I learned my lesson. Make sure you know who you're going in to see. Be prepared. Don't act surprised, you know, because that was... Uh, Assuming that, you didn't get that role. Did not no, get that no, 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 no. yeah, yeah. That, that role was not gotten. No. It would have been a great story. Like, and she gave me the role. Right? Can you imagine? No, that didn't happen. That was a big miss. Um, but as far as good auditions... Um, oh, that was... Okay, so when I was 10, I did a movie called Cinderella Man. Which is a huge... That huge. that that was a huge moment for me, yeah. Um, playing the son of Russell Crowe and Renee Zellweger, and that final callback—I think there was five callbacks, which I've never had to this day. Five? Yeah, usually it's like you get one callback, maybe two, maybe three, but this was five. And, and you were ten years old. And I was ten, years <laughs> and they old, were yeah. all other ten-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. So on the final callback, I think it was me and three other actors. They flew out one from L.A., one from Vancouver, me, and then someone else. And um, in the film, there's three kids. And so they were mix and matching all the kids. Like, oh. who looks good with, with which sibling? So you were going into the... I was there for oh, three like, hours. Who looks good as a family? Yes. Okay. And you're, you're reading with all the other kids. But Russell was in the room. Renee was in the room. Oh. Ron Howard was in the room. Brian Grazer, the producer, was in the room. Luckily, I was 10. Because at that time, I didn't really know who these people were. So I, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. as like yeah, nervous yeah. like Gladiator. Who, what's that? Yeah, um, what's yeah. that? Yeah. And so... Uh, but that was also the only time in my career where I found out I got the part in the room. Yeah, that they, never happens. They brought all three of the kids in, told everyone else to leave. They brought our parents up, so my mom got to meet everyone, which was great. <laughs> That's kind of cool. And they were, Ron Howard said right then and there, uh, these are the kids we want for, for the film. And that was cool, too, because I got to call my agent and tell him that I got it rather than him telling me. Oh, Wait, you had an agent right. at 10? I mean, yeah, oh, every, any actor. Any call actor. Russell Crowe direct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ron um, Howard though that's a humongous yeah, name yeah Mr. Too, Howard right? hi 10 yeah. year old here yeah, yeah. right love to come down to the audition heard it's gonna be awesome for sure. <laughs> so that that's that awesome. was definitely probably like the highlight audition experience for me that's um, crazy I'm telling you in the room was it like it felt like this game show right like oh, you're man. like and you guys got it Whoa! Yeah, no, it was a, it was an amazing experience and that whole film shot in Toronto uh, which is where I was living at the time because that's yeah. where I'm from um, and that was also one thing Ron Howard said was important was that he wanted to have kids who could go home to their own house at the end of filming. Uh, and so it was important for him that he wanted to hire c Canadians. Um, and so there was a lot of like Toronto actors in that film. Um, Interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. I love Toronto. Just saying. Oh yeah. Toronto's one of my favorite cities. Oh cool. I think it's the most beautiful people I've ever seen. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's super diverse. I love that city. It's very diverse. And that's why I'm going in like two weeks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just to sneak that in there real yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm going to visit. What are you, what are you doing out there? Uh, just gonna hang out. I know a bunch of people out there. I haven't been since uh, since like COVID shutdown. Yeah, I haven't so. been in a while. <laughs> Hanging out with Drake. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> going to like a Raptors game or something. Uh, no, just gonna hang out with some yeah, yeah. nightlife people. Awesome, yeah, love for it for sure. Cool. But yeah. I love it. Out there. Have you ever seen someone like sabotage someone else on a on a on an audition? Hmm. I have a yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, no, go go for it. Cause let me think. And I was gonna say, there's there, have you do you always see like. Uh, the same people every time you go to because that's something I experience every 
freaking audition I went to, mm. there was the same kid every time, and it was always either me or him got it. And it's For like, the listeners that damn. don't know, Lowe was also a child actor. I was a child actor. Back in back, his back uh, early really? life. Yeah, yeah, That's so cool. Sure. For you sure. have a way cooler IMDb though. Don't yeah, yours is way better. Don't pull his up on your free time. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Wait, where 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 are you from? LA. Cool. Yeah, LA. Awesome. So, so you what what, like what age? Five. Sorry, five. Wow, good for you. So that's five so cool. through like like right until high school. That's awesome. what I was doing like all the time. Was it Murder She Wrote? Right. I was in like really? Murder She Wrote. I was yeah. in like, a film overseas. I was in a couple films out here. That's so cool. Yeah. Right. When you see auditions, sometimes you always hear like I guess in movies and like Entourage. Remember there was always like some dude like sabotaging like some other guy yeah, to get yeah. the part and stuff. You yeah, know? I never had that. Um, Not for you, but like around. Like yeah. I feel like there's when you're in the sphere, you probably hear of so many weird, funny like rumor mill stories. You know. Yeah, I, I can't think of any. I wish I had like a, like more audition stories, but it, it was definitely always the same kids, especially when I was auditioning in Toronto, because just like the pool of talent is smaller than, sure. than yeah, LA. Sure. And that age. Yeah, right. Especially yeah, that's like 10, 11, 12. It was always the same, like like six kids at the callback. And it was all, like always one of us would get it, one wouldn't, but we just, we'd always see each other. Uh, and then in LA, it was sort of similar, but just a larger pool. But at every callback, does it, yeah, it it was is, like, does it ever feel like a rivalry? Right? You're oh, like, totally. oh, damn, he's here. Oh, oh he's here. Oh, totally. Yeah. The yeah. moms all pretend like they're their friends. Good to see you again. That's yeah. the that's the that's the <laughs> thing, man. The the whole stage mom thing. I I was very lucky. My mom was was very cool, but uh, I definitely know that there were like certain moms to like stay away from. That my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there parents, were some crazy yeah. stage moms. Like I've seen stage moms get kicked off of set multiple times just oh, for wow. being too hands-on with the kid and trying to control the set, but that's a whole different story, man. Um, that's I, incredible. Wait, is that why you left Canada then for acting? Um, so I, I, um, let's see, I was flying out to LA every year for what's called pilot season, which doesn't really exist anymore. But prior to like streaming services, which now just kind of changed everything, um, from about January to April every year. Uh, networks were trying to get pilots filmed and so it was pilot season and the actors would come out there'd be tons of auditions who's going to be the next lead in the next pilot yeah. hopefully the pilot gets picked up and becomes the next friends or seinfeld whatever and so after i did cinderella man i flew to la for the premiere that was my first time in la uh signed with an agent my first u.s agent and then i started getting auditions for u.s parts um and then yeah so every year i'd fly out for a few months that's actually how i met brianna i met brianna when i was 10 years old because her little sister used to act, and our what? family stayed in the same apartment complex in L.A. Oh, what? And that's how we what? first met. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So you guys know each other since you're 10? Uh, yeah, she was 11. I was 10. She's a year older. 10 was a big year for you. Are you right? That's what I'm saying. Was, was, like, how do you yeah. go up from there? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you talk to an adult, like, hey, what, what year like, really no, wasn't 10? 10. Yeah. Yeah. 10 was your Cinderella year. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? everything's been kind of steady going. <laughs> yeah. 10 was this guy's like, I met my fiance. I, had an ad- I don't remember one thing I did when I was 10. Yeah, me I don't remember what grade I was in. What grade is that? Fifth. Uh, yeah. Like, Ooh, fifth grade was yeah, a good fifth year. Grade. Fifth grade. Yeah. Fifth grade was a good year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure I played kickball. I definitely got <laughs> I, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it. That's funny. That was a big year. You're right. Yeah, yeah. that's a big year. <laughs> um, so, that's yeah, rad. so I would fly to LA for a few months for pilot season. Um, and then when I was, let's see, when I was 13, I made the move like, per, like se- semi permanently instead of just for a few months. Uh, I moved out there with my mom and my little brothers, and I went to high school out there. So we, we really tried it just for more than the few months. Um, and we did that for two years, came back to Toronto. It's always just sort of been back and forth. Um, but, yeah, the, the longest I've ever lived out in L.A. permanently was about two and a half years. Other than that, I've just yeah, I've been going back and forth. That's crazy. Did did you want to become a child actor? Or was this like your mom? Because like, you said your mom was really supportive. But yeah. was there, 
her idea. Were you six? And we're like, hey, I want to. Right. TV's pretty cool. Can I do it? Sure. So the way it started was uh, my mom was good friends with this woman who started Twins Talent Agency in Toronto. Uh, which, as you can guess by the name, specializes in twins who are actors. Mm-hmm. And uh, child actors, I'm sure as you know this, child actors who are twins work so much because you can only work a certain amount of hours as a kid. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. you're identical, you play the same character, the producers love that. They get eight hours out of this, eight hours out of that. <laughs> child labor laws, it's, like it's like Big Daddy. Yeah, 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 Cole, yeah, Cole yeah and Dylan yeah. Sproul, same thing. So my little brothers are identical twins. So they started first when they were four, and I was uh, six at the time. And they were doing tons of commercials and TV and stuff like that. And then, yeah, so I just kind of started. I saw them having fun, going into audition rooms, auditioning for like a hot dog commercial and coming out with eating hot dogs. I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> and so uh, it was just something I was like, I was being brought along to the auditions anyways because uh, my mom was driving us around. And I'm, I think one day it was just like, do you want to try? And I was like, sure. And I started auditioning and I just liked it and I was doing well at it. And to this day, I'm the only one in my family that's still doing it. But I'm one of five kids, and all five of us were acting at one point. Oh, wow. wow that's cool. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I, I don't know how my mom did it, but she she was driving us to hockey and, and, and auditions and soccer. And, yeah, all five of us just, like, on the go all the time. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Dude, just, that's a lot. Just a lot. twins is a lot. Dude, one five. kid is, like, a yeah, lot. Yeah, so they, they, they had five. My parents had five kids in the span of six years. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's respect. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot. Wait, so how, we're always curious about this. Besides, like the like eleven cents that Low gets every other every. I other give month. residuals. Oh no, still? residuals suck. But yeah, yeah. ask me. Go ahead. But <laughs> how do child too. actors get paid? Did you get like was all the money going to your parents, and then you got like this big fat bonus check when okay. you're eighteen or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So good, good question. So in in the U.S. it's called a Coogan account, and then in Canada it's called just like a youth trust fund. But pretty much, so it's called the Coogan account in the U.S. because it's named after this famous child actor named Jackie Coogan, who back in the twenties worked like crazy. And his parents took all his money. Yeah. So they were like, we need a way to protect kids. So they started this Coogan account where in the U.S., I believe it's 20% of all your earnings go into an account that you can't touch until you're 18. And Canada does something very similar. And so, yeah, when I turned 18, I got to go to the bank and they handed me a check and that that was that. That's cool. Yeah. 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 That's like a big moment. And yeah. then all the rest of it then is just controlled by your guardian, whoever your guardian yeah, is. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So that, like, yeah, the rest would go to my parents and they would put us through school and do all the stuff that you would need with five kids, which I'm sure is very expensive. But. And I just had a daughter. I'm probably going to put her to work. Maybe in the next <laughs> month. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Smile, <laughs> time for some photos. Earn your keep. Yeah. Man, you you do, like, one U.S. national commercial, it, it pays really well. Like, like, there's actors who make a living just off doing commercials, two or three commercials a year. Yeah, really? I did, I did yeah. a big Kodak one during the Olympics in like 96 or whatever it was. Oh, man. And we were good. I remember yeah. that year. I got everything I wanted. U.S. National, great. it airs across North America. <laughs> so pumped up you. If it keeps airing, you get residuals. It's, yeah, it's like you, you can make a lot being a commercial actor. That's really wild. Yeah. I feel like we're on, like, they're in this, like, crew and we're just, and I just, like, don't cool like it. Club over here. I don't <laughs> like it. Don't you, like, uh, the fact that he's relating so much is making me really mad. Can you, yeah, can you sure. define a lot? A lot. For like the amounts that these actors are getting paid for commercials. Oh, you, you can clear like twenty grand off of just one commercial, and you, that's just like one commercial. Yeah, for one. Yeah, I mean with residuals. Yeah, the twenty grand. Um, it, but if it keeps airing, because uh, yeah, her and her sister did a lot of commercials when they were kids, and yeah, I need to get into commercial acting. Let's do <laughs> Seriously, it. Seriously, dude. Yeah. Snapple. I feel like I love. I Snapples. bet you now with like the social media influencer kids now, and like that's controlled by the accounts. I bet you they're getting so like the like the parent-controlled kid accounts that you, those kids are getting all sorts of these random commercials. Mm. 
probably. Yeah, it's got to be now, right? It's got to be a new way to discover discover kids, right? You don't have to truly go through the normal Asian route, right? Yeah. Don't scroll on TikTok like that kid was really good. Yeah, I want them slide DM. Yeah. It's all slide different. DM. Yeah, right. Like if you're a casting director, Link I can be on bio, TikTok. That's, yep, good. that's yeah. good. Hey, parent, would you want to come do a Kodak whatever commercial, Charmin whatever? commercial? Charmin, yeah, whatever. That's pretty crazy. That whole world is so funny. We obviously have zero idea about it. Sure. Yeah. It's just unreal. Yeah. And I think seeing you now on social media and your music and everything, I had zero idea. Mm. Like, no idea that that was your past life. Yeah. Which is, like, so wild. And yeah. It's still there, right? You're still doing some Still of this doing stuff, it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had mentioned, I think, prior to us uh, recording that I, um, I recently did an episode of Chicago Med. It's the season finale of season seven that airs next week on the 25th of May. Um, so yeah, still, still doing it, doing the music at the same time, which is great. Uh, cause with acting, like when, when you're working, you work like crazy and things are going well. And then when you go through a slump, um, you're like not working and it's just like when it rains, it pours and when it's dry, it's like nothing's happening. And then you add COVID and it was like, what do I do with my time and with this creative drive that I have? And so that's why music sort of recently became a, a big thing for me. Did acting make it easier or harder to step into the music? Space? A lot easier. Really, I, I think just from the the confidence that acting gave me of being in a room, uh, performing. Um, I also, I, not that I had a huge social media following from acting, but that obviously helped because now I have a bit of an audience. That when I had music, now I have people to show it to, right. so rather than starting from zero. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say that the the skills that acting gave me has helped a lot with with hip hop and music and all that kind of stuff. Do you think you can turn it on and turn it off? Like I. When I when I see a ton of actors, um, right, you you know when they're on, right? You know their cameras on there, but a lot of actors are truly just the way they are. Right? Do you think you, it's a switch you turn on? Do you think it's just how you are all the time? As far as like um, their personality or like like snapping into like a character, no, personality. Oh, personality. Um, yeah, I guess I I try to stay pretty like even keeled so that I never feel like when I'm in actor mode, it's like a performance because mm -hmm. then you're just draining energy and you're you're showing something that isn't authentically you. So I, I try to stay as, as like, yeah, as, as even as I can. But I do know people who, yeah, have like the actor thing that they turn on oh, and they yeah. become a different person. For sure. God, it's got to be tiring. Yeah. yeah. Did When you decided to cross over, because I feel like in general, it's always interesting to me when someone, especially nowadays, it's more welcoming than it used to be. Remember when like an actor was trying to music or music was trying to do actor and it kind of was weird? Yeah. Is it more welcoming now when you see that like crossover or doing both that I, I one think, helps the other type of situation it's a great question i think right now it is when i was like really considering doing it like around high school i was really nervous because it was sort of like the actor who wants to rap but then also add it's like the white kid who wants to rap i knew everybody would be like rolling their eyes and so when i first like started I was just uploading music. Oh, she's laughing because she knows. Uh, I was uploading music anonymously on YouTube and entering rap contests and didn't tell anybody. And I had like this other name and because I was just so nervous what even my friends would think uh, because I had also seen other actors who wanted to do music and they got laughed at. So, I mean, if I could go back in time, I, I would have realized that like, man, you, you really can't care what anybody else thinks. I cared too much. But I think right now, especially, it's like everybody's bio is like, DJ, rapper, musician, <laughs> like on, on, entrepreneur, actor, podcast yeah. host. It's like, and that's cool. It's like, yeah. you got a lot going on. My my idols are like guys like Idris Elba, like Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, yeah. who yeah. does like all these different things. I I would love to be that. So, yeah, I think it's very welcomed now. The um, people who go to that stratosphere, 
of the people who dabble in everything, it's incredible, right? The people who enter that stratosphere of ultimate success in both. Like, do you know who I was reading about the other day who I just really never really wrapped my brain around on how talented they have gotten and respected? Jared Leto. Oh, sure. Yeah. Jared Leto yeah. is now. She, like, she just discovered that he was in uh, what's 30, 30, the, seconds yeah, 30, 30 Seconds of Mars. 30 yeah. Seconds of, of Tomorrow's yeah. is one of the biggest global brands or bands on the planet. And Jared Leto now is winning Oscars. Oscars yeah. Like, to get That's to crazy. those levels on both sides is unreal. Like, Donald Glover and Childish Gambino. Like, yeah, yeah. on He's another like level yeah. of success for both, which is almost never no. attainable, right? Or people can't look at you in both lenses, right? Or take you seriously in music and take you seriously in that. It's really tough to get that. So doing both simultaneously, is that like a goal now? Just keep riding both as long as you can and getting better? Yeah. Yeah. People always ask me, like, if you had to choose one, which one would you choose? And I, I feel like it's like, I, I don't want to choose. I, I love getting to, like, just yesterday... I was uh, I finished recording a song. I filmed some like TikTok content for it, and then we had an audition, and we filmed a self tape. And I just felt so productive at the end of the day that I got to do something in the acting space, do something in the music space. I love doing both. Um, I forget your question, but I, also I hope think I'm connections, it. connections overlap a little bit too. I would assume, right? Every time you're just a little bit successful in one area, possibly could help. Sure. Together. Yeah, I, I it's had not a, a big world, right? Yeah, no, no, no. It's true. I, I had a, a meeting with um, a, a, a acting talent manager like a year ago, and she was like, "To be honest, I there's a lot of like people like Caucasian twenty year olds who want managers right now. But what made you stand out was when I discovered your music, and I wanted mm -hmm. to meet with you. So that helped me get a meeting with this manager, which was great. So it definitely can help. That's awesome. That's yeah, cool. I, I equate it to like a two sport athlete, right? If you're like a Bo Jackson, right? In your Which is also rare, though, right? Like exactly. doing it's both at a higher end point is freaking hard, it's right? It's You're unheard of. Amazing at one thing or like okay at a couple things, yeah. right? And that mentality can change for certain people who are like, but you could, I think the advantage of you, right, is like not a lot of people have been doing, like they decide to do something when they're older after they get through the normal childhood, high school, college, and like, oh, cool, I want to try acting or whatever. Yeah. But doing it since you were six years old. Like you just like in the back of your brain, you're just more innately able to execute it and try it and gone through the motions yeah. and done it all. So a resume before people even yeah 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 started their lives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like you said, people like me who were ten who were just eating lunch and, and playing, kicking a um, red bouncy ball. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, I right. feel like I got I got so lucky though because it wasn't something I like at ten year ten years old was like I want to act. It it was like. I got so lucky organic. that my mom knew this woman sure. and my twin, my little brother started first. So I, I feel very lucky that I had the opportunity to start so early and that it's kept going this long. All right. For so sure. from your music perspective, yeah. technically, what, what genre of music do you consider yourself? I would say hip hop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, man, I love Nick D. You guys had him on the podcast recently and he's somebody who I've connected with like in the last six months or so. And he's just taught me so much about about how to make a career as an independent artist. And he, when he first started, was heavy rap. Like if you listen to his older stuff, it was a lot of just rap, like rap. Uh, and he wasn't singing much. And now it's a lot more melodic and singing and poppy. Yeah. And that stuff just does really well, especially on platforms like TikTok, which he's grown like crazy. And and I've been trying to grow as of recent. Um, and so yeah, I've been and I've been enjoying doing a lot more of the melodic pop stuff. But there's always going to be a rap element. Because I love songwriting, I love clever lyrics, I I, I love that kind of uh, songwriting. So there'll always be an element of hip hop in my music, even if it goes a bit more pop. 
hip hop. Yeah, pop. Well, pop rap, I guess, is what they call it. Yeah. Pop rap. Pop I like rap. that. Pop yeah. rap. Yeah. I'm a fan. Did you ever think about having like a character, a ca- like a persona? Oh yes. Okay. So, so I mean, this is so embarrassing, but yeah. So when I was <laughs> when I was doing that, <laughs> the that, SoundCloud thing, right? When when I was doing, I should say it right. I mean, it's so. Yeah. Right. It's my. Okay. So. Prior to me pursuing this publicly, when I was just going on YouTube and rapping anonymously, I had my name, which was unidentified, but I spelled it like un e y e identified. I, I, I thought it was really cool. super clever, right? And, yeah. and, and I was like the Banksy of rap. I didn't show my face, and if I did do it like a, like a video, I would like have a mask on. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Looking back, it was really dumb. And the only reason I did it was because I was just scared that people would know that I was trying to pursue music. Um, so yeah, there was a time where I was like, I'm going to make this character unidentified and he wears a mask. <laughs> She's laughing at me. Right. Uh, no one knows who he is and he could be like the Banksy of hip hop. Yeah. It's like um, Marshmallow. Yeah, before... it's like Marshmallow. Yeah. 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 Um, but then, yeah, as I like got the confidence to just go out there with me, um, I, I mean, one thing I debated was like, do I go with like a stage name or my real name? Like, do I do the Donald Glover Childish Gambino or do I just keep it all under one? And at, at the start, for a little bit, I went by Charles Edward, which is just my I, I, Connor Charles Edward Price is my full name, so I went by my middle names. Um, and then, I, and then I, it was just like people couldn't find my music; they're searching Connor Price. Where is it? <laughs> I'm like, let's just make it easy. Let's reduce the friction. And so I just, yeah, decided to to make music and acting all under the same name. Interesting. Just be. Your, I guess you just at the end of the day to be successful, you really just have to, and like longevity, you just have to be who you are, right? Yep. Like trying to make yeah. it up. We've had a lot of people on like from the wwe on here and just like, deciding like who their character is going to be and why and like this like and how they're going to present present themselves in that world and it's interesting just in entertainment in general right is like how you go about the persona that you put out there for for music or anything else and how you take that yeah i think having a persona works for some artists yeah um but when I think about the artists that have like real longevity and like have exit, like you look at someone like Drake or Jay Z or Kendrick or Andre, they they don't have a, a character. They're they're just themselves. Yeah. And it's and it's so easy to maintain that because like goes back to like that whole acting persona. It's like you don't need a persona if you're just yourself, no matter what age you're at. Yep. That's going to carry through. I think now more than ever, people are so attached to authenticity. Um, even when we make content on like TikTok and Instagram, it's like the moment people sniff that you're like trying to sell them something or you're not being true yeah. to yourself, they swipe away. Sure. But when it's just an authentic, real moment, which is something Nick D is so good at, and I think why he does so well on TikTok and with his podcast, is he's just himself. And you know, like you feel like you know that person. And when yes. you can make someone feel like they're your friend and that they know you, they're going to support your music or support your acting or whatever it is that you're pursuing. Yeah, you have to. You, it's real, Especially now with content, it's really really a transparent the transparency for sure like you need to have it otherwise like you said people are like they right, just sniff it out these days man this yeah. guy's full of crap they know yeah like, i do it all the time also i'm like oh no yeah it really makes you cringy. cringy yeah, yeah it makes or you something cringe. bad like that yeah. Yeah. so how has social media changed your music direction right like we've i looked on your social media and the growth you've had has been especially just for music specifically has been unbelievable yeah thank you it's been huge tiktok specifically has like impacted my music more than anything in such a crazy way um and that's what's so amazing about tiktok and something i learned from working with with nick d because i was making the mistake when i was first starting my my tiktok momentum i was posting a lot of remixes like if i was a feature on this drake song or if i was a feature on this song um and that was going viral because people knew the song and it was cool to see oh how's this kid gonna rap over this beat but for one i you can't monetize that because it's copyright i can't post that on spotify or apple music 
I can put it on YouTube, but I can't run ads on it. So you can't make any money off that. And now people know you as the remix guy. Yeah. And that yeah, was the yeah. problem I was having. You're just not doing your own music, essentially. Right? Yeah. And when I would post my music, all the comments were, do another remix, do another remix. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yo, hop on that popular song, dude. Right, yeah. exactly. And Nick D was the one who gave me the advice to say, stop doing remixes, like or post your original music. And since that first phone call with him, when he told me to do that, I stopped. And in the last three months, my monthly listeners on Spotify have gone from 75 yeah, as of today, I'm at 1.1 million. And I credit all of that to just using social media to promote original music. And, as, and not as, just getting views that are useless yes, for your career. Yes, correct. And uh, yeah, because and you know, all it takes is one video to pop off of that uses your song. You know, And that's what's so cool about music is you're always one song away, one piece of content away from virality or, or someone else posting it, some celebrity posting it or commenting on it, you know. That's that's how it all goes, and then you just try to keep that momentum going, keep the songs coming out, and hopefully you can make a career out of it, and not just a one viral moment. The the one thing I've seen, speaking about remixes, right? The one thing I've been seeing everybody do yeah. that I actually love is like they're posting songs and they go, "Now you drop your verse, one, two, yeah, three, go!" Oh yeah, right? it's the right? coolest thing. So those are the open verse challenges, and th yeah. those can do really well. There there are songs that have blown up because of the open verse challenges. Um, that Russ and Caitlin one. Well, there yes. you go. Is that's the, the exact one. Example. That's yeah. the exact one. And that, what's cool about that is, so Nick D and I have our own podcast for independent artists, and we had Caitlin on recently, and we got to. Oh, of, did you really? Yeah. Um, and so seeing her blow up from doing remixes yeah. on TikTok to then doing an open verse challenge for Russ, it goes crazy. What twenty million views? He puts her on the official remix. Yeah. And now he's on tour with her. Takes her and on tour. He's, and he signed her to his label. Yeah. That's incredible. Insane. Her life from has one, changed. From in TikTok, one, month, one TikTok. One TikTok. Yeah, it's so awesome. So that's yeah, that, that's a great point. I would make a difference between a remix of a popular song versus if an artist opens up an open and verse you challenge. Your verse on yeah, and it, if yeah. it's good enough and they're forced to have to like let's do a remix, <laughs> yeah. then that's the best case scenario. That's like that, the blueprint now of crowdsourcing what people think a version of your own content could be. Yeah. And like having someone else audition to be on your own song. Totally. Sure. Like if you think about how that works and then, but everyone sees it live and yeah. is, like, is trying it. So even like auditions, for instance, right? Every other audition who didn't make it is never out there. Mm. Yeah. But these open verse challenges, everyone gets to see everyone else trying. No, yeah. for sure. So like there's no guarantee and you're just raking, raking up the views I, of people attempting it and then you pick the one that wins. Yeah. It's just a genius way to do it. Yeah, just as a person that's consuming that content too, right? I've learned about so many different people that have incredible talents by just swiping through that one person's like duets, right? Like, uh, so yeah, like yeah. how many people went through it? Yeah. I'm like, damn, that person could really sing. Then you go, then you get down like the wormhole, right? And you're like, oh, that person's really good and they, they do what? Oh, they're really good singers or whatever it is. It's just one, like you said, one step away from the next thing. Yeah. How yeah. did that Idris Elba uh, song happen with you then? Because that was an open verse challenge too, right? Uh, yeah, in a way. So he, um, I don't know if you remember, but he was like one of the first celebrities to come out as having COVID back in like, mm -hmm. I guess, 2020. Yeah, yeah, a while ago. Uh, and he had posted this like rap that he did on Instagram, uh, talking, like rapping about his experience with COVID. And he left part of the instrumental open. And in his caption was like inviting other rappers to like download the instrumental and do their own version of it and talk about their experience. And so I knew that like, okay, th this could be my chance to get his attention. So that night I downloaded it. I wrote something. I wrapped it. Brianna filmed it. We uploaded it on Instagram. I, I encouraged my followers to tag Idris. And then the next morning I woke up. He followed me. He liked the, the post. He commented on it. And he DM'd me like, let's work. Oh, like just, just like that which was insane That's um and, and 
I do have to credit. Um, so one of my good friends, Warren Brown, who I know because I worked with him on a show called X Company uh, that we shot in Europe for three years. So World War II spy drama. Uh, he's good friends with Idris because they did a show called Luther together. So uh, he had encouraged Idris like, hey, check out my guy's thing. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Warren. That's um, and so yeah, Idris, had, Idris saw it, reached out to me. We started messaging each other on WhatsApp. And what's so cool about Idris is he doesn't like to type, so he sends voice notes, and he's got the coolest voice oh, ever. Oh, that's sick. So, so voice like, note, yeah, he, voice he, note. But, like, but that doesn't count, though. Regular people voice notes, whatever. Idris, elbow voice oh, notes, that's, crazy. that's fine. Because his voice is, like, each one of them is like, oh, it sounds so like, crazy. incredible, you know? Like, yeah, my phone would go off, like, mess- message that. from Idris, and she'd be like, let's listen to it. Let's <laughs> listen to it. Yeah, it's great. Great voice. Yeah, there. for sure. And so, yeah, so we had this song. Uh, I, I had the song idea sitting in like a demo. It was like the, the Courtney Cox song. And I had a chorus and a verse and I sent it to him. And 45 minutes later, he sent me back his verse, which was incredibly fast. Also considering Idris Elba, who I think was probably shooting like Suicide Squad at the time. Um, but he <laughs> Casually was, busy guy. Yeah. Right. In but his he, trailer, like, oh, let me, yeah, let me drop a verse. Pretty much. Um, and yeah, so he sent it back. We, I remember when we listened to it in the car for the first time and we freaked out. Because in his verse, he, like, mentions me. He, like, shouts me out. It was such a cool moment. That's crazy. Um, and then from there, so the song is called Courtney Cox because I reference her in the chorus. And then one day I'm talking to him on the phone, and he's like, hey, so my publicist knows Courtney Cox's publicist. I'm going to see if, she, you know, we can get her to hear the song. Uh, and I was like, okay, like, it's kind of like a, you know, a toss-up. But it is Idris. Maybe he can, you know, pull that. Um, and then, like, a few days later, uh he, he he ties in Courtney Cox into a WhatsApp group chat with me. So to this day, <laughs> Sick group chat, which is crazy. I, yeah, <laughs> I have a WhatsApp group chat with Idris and Courtney that we call Rap Life. I was gonna um, say, what's the title? Yeah, yeah. Ra- yeah. Rap Life. Yeah. Rap Life is hot. And so Rap Life with we, Courtney Cox. We convince her to be in the music video, and and she drops a verse at the end of the music video, a little like kind of I saw comedic that, yeah. like skit where yeah. she does. Um, but yeah, so I, here I am, like getting to record this like music video skit with Idris and Courtney. And two of the nicest people ever. Um, but that, that whole experience was insane and so much fun. And at that time, you had dramatically less following on TikTok than you do now. Oh, totally. Like, I, I, th- I don't even know if I had a TikTok at that point. I didn't, yeah. Oh, so um, this was all on Instagram? This is all through Instagram. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was insane. I couldn't believe that, like, Courtney wanted to be involved in that. Because, it, it, like, she, she wasn't getting anything out of this. She obviously wasn't getting paid. Um, I'm not bringing any any clout to Courtney. I mean, who's bringing any clout to Courtney? Yeah. So she just did it. This could really help you blow up, Courtney. You right, know? right, yeah. Start start her rap career. Yeah. Um, I think a big part that helped was because it was COVID and nothing was going on. They right. had they had nothing to do. Like we shot that whole music video from our phones over Zoom, and then they sent me all their clips and I edited it together to look like we were on FaceTime with each other because we couldn't. Like I still to this day have not met Idris or Courtney in person. Um, so we just did that all through Zoom. Um. But yeah, That's now, now we have like a music I've been talking video. to Idris Elba for a couple years, you know, we, we know each other, but we've never met in person. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah really no, we haven't. If I yeah. walk by him, he'd probably be like, what's up, man? How what's up, bro? How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like this. Yeah. We got to get you to come out deal. to one of his DJ sets. He might do one in Vegas. Ah, that'd be crazy. Ooh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I did world. a Coachella party where Idris, Idris Elba DJed yeah. 20 last year of Coachella. Talk about 20, versatile. 2019. Can rap, incredible actor, DJ. His DJ sets are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like... Yeah, it's like part of the wild vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's sick. Yeah, no, crazy, crazy moment. Um, Yeah, and just like the nicest people ever. It was really like refreshing because they're such A-listers, and you know, you hear so many horror stories about people who are that level of fame just not being 
the nicest people, uh, especially to maybe someone like me who's just like yeah. to them nobody. Of course. Um, but they were just so sweet and so nice and. And even like weeks after Courtney would like message the group chat and just be like, Hey, just checking in. How are you guys? It's like, wow. Like they're just regular people. And they're, they're so How sweet. do you have time for that? Good. That is one thing I can credit TikTok now, especially when you go on and see like a real celebrity. I say real celebrity, right? Like yeah. a big time name, yeah, yeah. like just engaging with regular people's content. Cause they it makes like them it. human. Just someone that yeah. you could never just reach out to in general. <laughs> no yeah. Way. Even on other social media platforms, they would never really see it or hear it or whatever. Right. Yeah. On this, they're just engaging with something that they like, a funny video or something that's like relevant or like a parenting video that they think is is funny or relatable. They're just they're in it, you know. Yeah. Which I think is giving people like yourself mm-hmm. massive abilities and us. Like when we try to post content, right? We get sometimes messages or DMs from people that we otherwise had no idea were watching. Yeah. yeah. Or gave any or gave a shit at all. Yeah, I don't think there's any app that has the organic reach that TikTok has right now. Not even close. Where you could like you're not even following the person, but they could post something that has ten views and it could pop up on your feed if it matches the algorithm of what you usually watch. So yeah, it's it's amazing to just get organic reach and, and uh get in front of an audience you normally wouldn't with any other app. So what are some of the struggles growing in the music industry now? On oh yeah. Um I mean, there's a lot of people. I wish I knew the number of like how many thousands of songs are released every Friday. It's insane. Um, but there's just so much competition. There's so many people doing it, especially in the hip hop space. So I guess the biggest struggle is like, how do you stand out? How how does your rap song, which is the same as so many other rap songs, stand out? How does your and now everyone's on TikTok. Like when I first started TikTok, it was still kind of like. Uh, people especially doing the music like promo on TikTok it was still kind of new and now everyone's doing it Um, and there's certain like types of TikTok videos that we would do that we don't do anymore because everyone else is doing it and it's kind of staled it Um, so it's always just trying to figure out how do you stay fresh and new so that when you do get in front of somebody they're going to be like oh cool I like this guy Um, yeah how do you stay different how do you stand out because there's just so much competition yeah because I feel like I think it was same, like us trying to grow this podcast, right? Like, yeah. yes, TikTok in the very beginning was the obvious answer. Try to go in, grow social media on all the platforms. But then once everyone has it, then the competition, yeah. like everyone has the asset and the competition just gets even more, right? The quantity of competition gets even higher. Yeah. There's just more new guys, more new new songs. Everyone thinking that, especially when like the social media music translation is starts to actually work everyone starts to give it a shot more tries Mm -hmm. to get more creative like so do you think it's it's obviously helpful but is it hurting a bit as well in like the everyone's growth the the social media aspect just because there's so much new competition i i guess there's like i guess there is that angle to look at um i don't know what 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 do you think because the the reason which is so great of of having Brianna not only as my wife but as like my manager really like I don't have a label I don't have a manager it's me and Brie um, and we do everything together she helps me come up with a lot of my TikTok content and she's like a social media genius uh, right so yeah. Is there like a lot of politics around when you're an independent artist trying to get around the politics of being independent? Is that really tough? Um, not mm, like give an example, like, like with big labels and all that around there, just trying to get your music out there where it needs to be. I think one of the biggest things that I research and I talk to a lot of artists about before yeah. is the business of playlisting now. 
and like how important those streaming playlists are to the success of yeah a song yeah we we talk about that a lot and really at the end of the day playlisting is not as important as people think we actually just did this episode with nick where nick on the podcast went to his spotify for artists where you can see all your stats and because he's made a lot of big playlists and you can see the percentage of of how many of his streams are coming from these big playlists and it's three percent that was the joke of the podcast he's like really three percent and so the vast majority of his of his streaming comes from fans that are putting his songs on their own personal playlist. Got it. So the editorial playlists Got are it. not really that important. And people listen to them passively. And they're on at a club. They're on at the gym, etc. You might listen to it once, but it's not converting anybody to a real fan. It, it might get you a stream, but no one's, um, no one's really engaging with it uh, in a way that people think when you make this huge playlist. And I've gotten on big playlists, and it's done nowhere near as much as... A TikTok going viral, the next day we see it got a bunch of streams and people put it on their own personal playlist. But yeah, the, the editorial playlist is, is a dangerous thing that artists uh, try to uh, chase after and they shouldn't um, because really? it, it doesn't do as much as you think and it's not converting real fans. It, they're they're passive listeners. Deal. No, I mean, from I, I did too, but yeah. from the... Right. What about just for like discoverability, right? Like, Right, getting if a song I, on there exactly. can help you find someone. To be honest, I listen to like those those main big ones up on like on hip hop, like right? the yeah. rap caviar, sure. those are huge. R and B, like all those ones, right? Yeah. And I find if I honestly I, I listen to them very passively, right? Yeah. But if there's something I go, whoa, what was that? Yeah, right. That's when I go oh, and I'll check into that person and go, all right, who is this? What are they playing? What else do they got? Yeah. Um, but I use I don't listen to the radio. I don't listen. Like I listen to my friends, they go, "Hey, listen to this guy," and I'll listen to them, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's the only other way I kind of find um, new artists. Sure. Do yeah. Do you feel like you you find any artists through t- TikTok at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now I do because yeah, yeah. I'm starting to like dive into TikTok more. I, um, but it and that's the only ones I find on TikTok are like the independent ones. Right? Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. If, any, if anybody's big already and has stuff, I won't find them on TikTok. I'll find them on like. Uh, rap yeah, caviar or, or new and right. hot or turnt or whatever that's right. Spotify ones are. That, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like yeah. the, the, pol- the politics more... of that business I meant was that, that was like my point. Yes. Like Cause the... at the end of the day, these playlists are all controlled by one person, not, not the same person, but like yeah. each playlist has, you know, one or two or three you are cur- the rap curators. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they choose what they want on that playlist. And playlisting is so finicky because I've had people tell me you need to release the song four weeks in advance, give it the time to get onto the playlist, da da da. And I do that. Oh, they're talking, they're gonna throw it on, things are looking good. Release day comes up, nothing happens. Oh, sorry, it just didn't get played. And then like just this song I put out today, I released on I, I put to to Spotify on Tuesday and it's now, you know, comes out Thursday at midnight. So like two two days in advance. And everyone would tell you that's not enough time to get on playlists. And I landed three playlists, New Music Friday Canada, Outliers, and one other. Um, so, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And so it's sort of like sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. At the end of the day, it's one person who might be in the mood to be like, oh, I like the song, and they throw it on. But it's, just don't chase playlists. Just focus on putting consistent songs out, engaging with your fan base and your community. But don't feel like, you know, play, playlists are not the answer. They're not going to pop you off. I really don't think so. Is it pay to play at all? I mean, maybe, maybe in the label world, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm t- I'm just talking about the monster ones, right? Like if you're probably. talking about like 
the pop rising like the rap caviars like the the, the premier ones on spotify right like the number ones uh, in all the categories it would not surprise me to find out labels yeah pay a certain amount to certain people or certain yeah streaming services to get their artists on those playlists that would not surprise me yeah yeah it seems like this new world there's a lot of less gatekeeping and this seems like kind of like the last gatekeeping element of or one that formed yeah. in the new version of how music works that's what i love about tiktok is there is no gatekeeping if the content is good it will go in front of people they'll throw it on the algorithm if, if the content is good people will watch it if the watch time is high and the retention time is high tiktok will keep throwing it on the algorithm people will see it they'll say hey what's this song called you respond in the comments the song is called this pin that comment everyone sees it like i it's so crazy how much of a direct correlation i could show you to one of my tiktoks going viral and then my Spotify for artists the next day for that song, the streams go way up every every time. That's why we've seen it too, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah all sure. Things, right? Like yeah. if we haven't, if we have a TikTok or a clip that goes viral for an episode, the episode does way better than average, right? Like yeah. just normally, if, if people catch on, they really like that one thirty-five seconds of an hour-long conversation, mm. which is funny. I think you'd probably do the same thing, right? You could probably repackage a song fifty different ways, and everything is is okay yeah and then one repackaging moment yeah. of your awesome song one way out of 50 goes nuts and the streams go crazy and you know what's crazy too going back to that courtney cox idris elba song um i had a piece of content go viral on tiktok for that song and it did more streams that day than the day when idris and courtney posted it on their instagram <laughs> to, to their 20 million plus followers it's crazy it's crazy so how it works too TikTok's really yep yeah and it wasn't even close and my video got like two two million views um, and I, I had this piece of content that it was like when you're waiting for Idris to send his verse and it's me like kind of walking around the room and then my phone lights up. I rush to my phone and I show Idris's verse and people were like, whoa, like a lot of people were like, Idris can rap. What is this song? And it went viral on TikTok. And then the next day it got like however many thousands of streams That's and it was so way crazy. more than, yeah. It's people are just like super engaged on TikTok, right? Sure. They're, they're there to, they want to discover to music learn That's and, the... and see what the hell is really going on. Yeah. And on Instagram, it feels like they're just like, Oh, that's, that's cool. And the majority of Courtney and Idris's followers follow them. The majority of them, I'm sure follow them for their acting. And yeah. this was like a music piece of content. So it didn't hit the right audience, but on TikTok, it, it the, the yeah, algorithm's amazing. It hits right. the right audience. It's people who are hungry for music. And uh, just, yeah. How much do people actually make from streaming? Um, I mean, every streaming service has a different payout. So on average on Spotify, a, a million streams equals about $4,000 on Apple music. I think it's 6,000 on title. It's like eight. They pay out really well. YouTube music. Big is title a, guy. Huge uh, title oh, you're guy. A title yeah, guy? Yeah, you're, title. you're the one title user. Yeah, I know, yeah, dude. dude. I, I just, I downloaded it for some room. reason. I think when Jay-Z originally purchased it. 444. He exclusively put on title. Yeah, I think that I may that. have been why. And and I downloaded it, and I just I've never left. Hey, if it works, that's great. I love yeah. it. This dude so loves title. Such yeah. a foreigner. If you, if you stream my music on title, you thank you. That's a foreigner. Right. Right? We're talking about Spotify music. He's like, dude, I listen title, man. I Wait, so title. are you saying four or one, one, million, one million streams? A million streams is four thousand bucks. Yeah, that wow. that's if you own a hundred percent of the master. Most artists who are on labels. The, art, the, the label owns 80% of the song. Oh, I think that's not a lot of money, right? I mean, it's it's. I, I hear this narrative of like, yes, it's not a lot of money. I mean, if you look at YouTube, if you get a million views on YouTube, right. Yeah, and then you add Apple Music and it's... Yeah, okay, so, so you, when you put it like that, that's different. Okay. And that's just Spotify. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. 
okay, when you put it like that, it's a little different. Yeah, okay. Right. And so, different. yeah, when you're first starting out and you're just relying on streaming for income, it's, yeah, of course, it's not a lot and it's very difficult. But once you get to a point where you're able to, you figure out the way to market yourself, you figure out the way that your songs get streamed. And if you're able to start doing millions of streams a month, uh, it adds Just up. And it's, it, it is great. I, I, like, I'm trying to figure out like how people could really like what threshold you have to like hit to be successful, right? Because I think there's like a yeah, there, there's a metric of being of devoting your time to it, right? Or being able to devote your time. Like someone who's really trying to do it, say, like, okay, hey, look, now I can officially go all in on this. Yeah. Without the support of a huge label or yeah. a massive team or any of that. Like, and I can, and I can put this out at, at my own pace, how I want to, mm-hmm. how I like it, still make money to enjoy my life and yeah. not have to worry yeah. about like making money, even though I'm making money. Right. And like the, the numbers of my like living and just go out and, and be creative every yeah. day. Yeah. But that's, it's not that's easy. the part of this is the, that's the cloud in the haze, right? Like, it's not like you went on like LinkedIn or like, all right, social media star, it pays this much yeah. a year, right? You either you are or you're not. That. You have to build it's it every either, day. And you'll all, usually the only way you find out is if you actually hit one and you go, oh, wait, that's how much you can really make, mm. right? Most people that like really want to get into it or like super interested in it, they go, I, I don't know what that number is or how do I ever get there? But that finally brings some clarity, clarity to it, I think. That's awesome. I think another awesome thing about music, especially compared to acting, is there's so many more revenue streams in music. As an actor, it's like you get paid for... I'm looking at him. We're having our actor talk. Yeah, right? Actors, actors, over the actors talk. My bad. just go. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll walk out. If you need us, we'll be in the sports no, book. Sure. Oh, yeah, actors, residuals. Like yeah, main check. All right, so it's like yeah, the the main check for when you work, and then residuals. And if you're lucky to be on a show that like airs a lot, the residuals are great, and that's about it. It's like you don't own the rights to your character. You can't sell merch with your character on it, stuff like that. In music, you if you're an independent artist, you own the master. You get paid for the streaming. Uh, if you write your songs, which I do, you own your publishing because that's the copyright of the song. So if someone were to cover one of my songs, completely do a different rendition of it, but use my lyrics, I would get paid every time their song is streamed. So that's a whole different revenue stream. I can sell merch with, with my name on it or my, my company logo, whatever. Lyric. Um, you can, uh, that's of a course, double whammy, course, by the way. You need to go into a show, get them to use your music, and star in the show. How crazy would that be? That'd be and, and that's another thing. That's a sync deal. If you get your song used in, in a video game or a TV show or a movie. They call that a sync deal. There's huge money in that. I, I, I'm manifesting the double the double dip for you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. How cool would that you know what be? I'm like, like, that the double dip. Yeah. The Acting double in a scene while cool. my song's playing in the background. Yes, that's, let's go. That's a flex. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah, that's, uh, let's, let's manifest that. That's it. Yeah, see that? And that would be cool if I get to play a rapper in something. Yeah, maybe. The yeah. stars will align. I, Spotify versus Apple, is there a big... Thing for you guys that like makes the bigger difference for like when you see TikTok blow up, you see Apple blow up or Spotify blow up. So the way that it works just because so many more people are on Spotify because Nick and I have like compared stats on this is about however many streams we have on Spotify, it's about one fourth on Apple Music. Got it. Yeah. So if we get like a million streams on Spotify for a song on Apple Music, it's sitting around two fifty or so, just because less people are on it. Um, but it's funny because podcasts are the opposite more. for us. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Apple's oh, number one. Oh wow. Apple's yeah. Oh cool. Interesting. Yeah. I, I personally use Apple Music. But I know way more people that use Spotify and one person that uses Tidal, and he's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. It well, because Apple Podcasts, you remember, like, podcasts were an Apple thing for so long, right? And Spotify Podcasts came on much later. Uh, okay. So a lot of people had that dedicated Apple Podcasts app. And yeah, that's, that's what I that's use. That's so. exactly that's essentially what everyone has stuck with. So for podcasts, at least for us in particular. Interesting. It's difficult now, I think, when you measure success, right? Because we have like, 
you know, YouTube, we're trying to drive the YouTube now to catch up with our audio and the Apple and Spotify situation just kind of goes out everywhere. So it's interesting to see how people digest your content or just the clips, right? Because I like even you, right? Like the streams are important, but like, I think people are still engaging with your music if they're watching your TikToks, just like we value anyone who's like, if we like, we're going to put out a bunch of clips for your episode, right? And if we put out six clips for your episode and yes, that might amount to six minutes of an hour, but if people are really like, ingesting those six clips and like your fans like them and our fans like them, we consider that at least like someone who's really engaged with the episode, right? Like maybe they don't have, maybe they don't want to dive in for an hour. Maybe they didn't have a chance to or whatever it may be, yeah. but they're interested enough to like check out a highlight, yeah. which I still think we equate to like a really successful piece of an episode, right? Totally. Not and, necessarily measuring just streams. And you were saying that when you notice a piece of TikTok content get more attention than usual, you'll notice that episode the next day has more views. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Always. For sure. That's amazing. Yeah, because, yeah. Just like a any clips that we do, just like you snippet of your song, right? Yeah. If you do a thirty second video and you do the drop or the chorus or a really cool like rap that you think is like monumental in the song. Yeah. Just like a clip for us, they want to know what the rest is like. Totally. And they have to go check out the episode to do it. Totally. Or like someone essentially, we've tried to do a lot of episodes of people who have really great fans, really great stories, people that we like their content or whatever it is that they're doing professionally. Yeah. And they, they haven't done a lot of stories. They haven't done a lot of shows yet. Haven't done a lot of podcasts. So people don't really necessarily know how they got there, why they got there, sure. how it happened. We've been really successful with having a lot of people on their show who haven't really told their story in a big way yet. Right. Like gotcha. they've done little snippets or a lot of content in one niche. Right. Yeah. But where did Connor come from and why mm. was he a child actor? Like yeah. even going through your content right now, Someone doesn't really know that story. And then yeah. ideally, hopefully our fans attach to it. And then your fans get a more inundated look into who you yeah, are. That's awesome. And yeah. that's just kind of the creative way that we've seen things be successful on social media, translating to like full episodes, you know? That's awesome. I I'd love to ask you too, because we're pretty new to this independent podcast thing that we're starting up. You guys are over 100 episodes in, right? Yeah. Yep. What What advice would you give to me? Or like, what what is one thing that like, oh, you wish you knew earlier on? Just if you had any advice to share as far as just like having creating a successful podcast, um, I he think, flipped the switch on us real quick. He's now yeah, interviewing yeah, us. Yeah, no, sorry, I'm, I'm, it's, no, it's good. It's really good. I think we have two things. One, I think you're very different than us because you have a more particular, very niche, niche yeah, yeah, yeah. audience. So, like measuring success for that is different than how I think we measure success because we have a lot broader of a net, right? Right, like athletes, entertainers, artists, influencers, chefs. Like we've had. Everything. tons of people on the show so it's a bit wider of a net on how we measure it yeah. but um i think it's really kind of feedback right like mm. just like you your content gives you the feedback of what's working and what doesn't so you're looking at every comment you're seeing what people are engaging with yeah, all that, yeah. we're seeing all what episodes are working what episodes don't work we're seeing we saw a lot of i think people equate like you, what you said about Idris Elba and Courtney Cox dropping the song on their social medias who obviously have big followings, right? Mm. Just because someone has a lot of followers or is really famous doesn't mean that they really care about the episode necessarily. Mm. And I think stories and people not hearing those stories before are what people are most excited for. And cool. then we it took us a while to really find out who our audience necessarily exactly was because we weren't niched down. Yeah. So it took us more episodes to figure out like, the male-female skew, the age skew, were they more interested in what topics blended between you and an athlete? 
and an athlete and an influencer and an influencer and an actor and so on yeah, and so yeah, forth, yeah. right? Versus someone who's really interested in, in NFL may not care about what you're doing. Cool, yeah. And may, someone like that you're doing may not work with someone else. And I think that's where we had to figure that out over time and what the audience were. Like, is your, is your show for fans of independent artists? No, super niche, like independent artists independent trying artists. to pursue a career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that niche is very, like, finite. Yeah. And then the quantity of downloads you can get of someone who can really be affected by that content. Yeah. I think is really where you now see, like, the value of giving them advice. And we really also found it difficult. Getting someone to go listen to a song yeah. is even – it's difficult, right? Getting someone to, to do long-form content is really – Yeah, it's a lot more commitment, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more commitment to the, yeah. the guest, the host, the personalities. You know? Yeah, I think probably the best thing you guys have done is your uh, the way you guys interact with each other and your personalities are so likable that people have become fans of you. So even if they are – you know, you guys are interviewing someone in an interest they might not be interested in. Because they, you've made yourself so likable, they like you. They want to support the show. So no, yeah, it's that's the cool. idea. Yeah. The, the, the interaction that we always have with whoever it always becomes lighthearted, fun, and then you can yeah. really see what they, who that person is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So they get to see like who we are because they've already seen who we are. Totally. But they see how they how you guys react or the guests react to us. That kind of they could tell a lot of the, the sure, guests. Sure, that. good so, point. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the value yeah. for the guests is ideally that we're opening up to an audience that isn't necessarily fully devout to their particular niche, exactly. right? Like no an NFL guest on an NFL podcast yeah, or yeah. a UFC guest or a hip-hop guest on a hip-hop podcast sure. where they know that they're probably very familiar with their work most yeah. likely or this one is a lot of discoverability or at least that that's what we found, you know, where mm-hmm. someone is like the crossovers of our fans Love it. sometimes are surprising, yeah. right? Like that people you wouldn't think would care about one or the other, yeah. which has been fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. But well, thank you. We now measure it up was like if we think someone's cool enough to talk to for an hour, like yeah. we'll have them on the Be like, show. Yeah. Well, thanks really thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny to hear your comments because we're kind of the same thing, right? Like a lot of big shows and big podcasts aren't, are backed by a mega media company yeah, or a conglomerate of some type, right? Like but, you know, MGM Resorts is amazing, but they, they don't have anything to do with the content. Mm. Zero. Yeah. They just they, they present our show as, yeah. a, as a presenting sponsor. Yeah. But the content is written by us, yeah. produced by us, edited by us. The talent is acquired by us. Yeah. All of it. That's from awesome. the top to the bottom. Yeah. So it's, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think, for sure. Yeah, really? yeah, technically. Yeah. That's how it started, too. Yeah. Well, it literally started in an office. Oh, yeah? Awesome. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Hang just, out. you know. Building us a studio. Hey, you know? we'll, you'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is awesome. Sure. Uh, all right. Another curious question that we had. Please. Uh, festivals. Okay. There are so many festivals in music now. Do you think those are really advantageous for up and coming artists? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I, I have never done a live performance of my original music. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah ne- never. Um, and that's something we've been like talking about is like, when do we start that? When do we do that? We've had people like offer and ask me to, to come. And I also feel like I'm still kind of early in this music stuff and I'm still making my best music now. And I don't feel like I have a, a, like a set list of songs that I would be excited to perform. Sure. I, I still feel like I'm like finding myself. Um, and so I sort of been putting off the performance element. But more recently, I've been thinking like, the, the the I think one one of the downsides of like be always going viral on TikTok and just TikTok is it sort of you pop up oh let me hear the song throw it on a playlist cool 
they're, they're a fan of the, the song. I think festivals is an opportunity to really make someone a fan of you. If you give a killer show, mm. you don't forget that moment. Yeah. Yes. And they're like, I love that dude. I'm going to go follow him on Instagram. I'm going to go meet him and get some merch at the whatever, mm-hmm. you know, backstage. And you really make like a solid like like uh, like relationship to that person more so than just through a screen of like, oh, cool song. Um, so that's something Very I've been thinking point. about a lot more. I think a festival, if you're a killer performer, if you're a bad performer, it could do the opposite. It could make people go, this guy's <laughs> this whack. This guy yeah, is like, trash. For real. And then those yeah. videos go viral on YouTube. It's like, this guy sucks. But like, Any if, press is good press, right? No? Um, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Harvey Weinstein would like a word on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're like a killer performer and you give a killer show, people don't forget that and, and you have a fan for life. I truly think that. So if you could perform like on anyone's bill, who would it be? Ooh, ooh, good question. Um, man, like if I could open up for someone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. or a festival or open up for an artist. Like yeah. you're about to make that choice, obviously, soon. I would, man, there's so many artists I'd love to just see their process backstage and, and how they like prepare themselves. I mean, like obviously Drake, it's such a cliche answer, but Drake would be my, my number one. Also, just being from Toronto, I'm a huge Drake fan. Getting Oh, the old fest, come on. I mean, like, can you imagine like going out to a festival and he does, you're right, OVO fest, yeah. fest. Can you imagine going out to a festival in your hometown with the biggest artist in the world who's like putting you on, that's got to be the best feeling ever. For sure. So that crazy. that would probably be my... Solid start for your list. Great right. start. Yeah. 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 Actually, the last time I was in Toronto, I went to yeah. OVO Fest. Yeah. Great to, fucking right? start, I haven't performed on music yet, but I'd like to start OVO Fest for Drake. <laughs> right. yeah, that's hot. Hmm, yeah. Let me think. Yeah, okay. OVO Fest. Yeah. That's sick. That's a, good que- that's a good question. Yeah. Where yeah. else? You got, you got any others like on your list? Are you looking at some right now? Or would you rather do like... A festival show or would you rather do a smaller show first? I think I'd love to have the opportunity to open for like a, a larger independent artist um, where I can go on and maybe do like two songs or if I have a song with them, like do our song just to kind of like what Caitlin is doing with Russ is so cool. I mean, she, it's probably yeah, yeah. the coolest transition that you've ever seen from what someone doing like a, that's yeah. gotta be like the goal for somebody from the, the social media world to get into. But by the way, it's happened a few times. Like the, um, what's your face, Gail? Gail? Oh yeah, the ABCDEFU yeah. song went crazy. Billboard top five touring now. The other one who's opening for Madison Beer, uh, Leah Kate. I just did research on this the other day for like a sh- like another thing that I'm booking. But like just blew up on TikTok, you know, completely. I thought it's just it's it can definitely happen, right? Like yeah, totally. Are you, is it is this like this year thing? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, if I was in Caitlyn's situation and Russ, like, invited me on tour, of course, that'd be, like, a no-brainer, right? Um, But, yeah, the idea of, like, doing my own tour and, like, having to finance that independently, I I also hear a lot of stories from independent artists talk about how expensive it is to tour, and especially when you're starting out small and you have these, like, maybe 300-cap rooms. At certain shows, you're not even, like, profiting because of how expensive it is just to do it yourself. And so it's more of, like, a, like that would be more of a play of trying to, you know, get those fans and less about making money off of it. And now I'm like, well, are you, are you the tour manager as well? I mean, she could be. Yeah. Now congratulations on your new job as well. You know what I mean? Your your additional title, (laughs) tour manager now. Right. Yeah. I thought you were talking about uh, being a mom, but yeah, no, 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 mom, tour manager, regular manager. Yeah. Um, Booking agent. Yeah, so yeah. it's interesting. He said that when Nick when Nick D came on the show, he right. was like, "Yeah, you know." He was like, "If someone wants to pay me a large amount to come out, do a set, everything's prepped, I just come in and do my thing and leave." He's like, "Great," but if I have the pressure of like it's my tour, I have to sell the tickets, I have to market the tour, um, 
any, you know, he's got two kids at home. He's got a wife. He's just not in a space in his life where he feels like that's worth his time. Yeah. Or necessary. for uh, Or necessary. Yeah. He, he do, ma- you, he makes, do you also think someone like yourself and Nick, because there's a lot of independent artists who are not, one, you have a, a partner and yeah. he's very good at helping you. Yeah. Two, your trial and error has been amazing. Uh, things that have worked, things that haven't, sure. and you've grown a lot. Yeah. Nick is a testament to that as well. There's a lot of independent artists I'm sure that you've spoken to who have zero idea, haven't even started. It's really difficult now to start all of that. Yeah. And they need to do these festivals to get anyone to see them or things like that. Do you think it's a little bit for you and Nick possibly where it's like, I could do this festival. It could cost me all this money, cost me all this time. I leave my family or I can just put out a really good video and get a million views. Well, that's what Nick always says. He's like, my For You page on TikTok has way more people than uh, like, because uh, his videos possible. get hundreds of thousands, millions of yeah, views. So he's like, I'm getting in front of more people when I post a TikTok every day for a week than going to do a festival. That's the way he looks at it. Yeah. So as far as like an artist starting from scratch, getting attention, it's way more likely to happen on TikTok than like yeah. feeling like you need a festival. That's like another playlist thing. People feel like they need the playlist. They need the festival. When in reality, they just need really good music, a solid catalog of songs that they promote with whatever at that moment is the best way to get in front of people, which right now is TikTok. And that's how you, you know, respond to every comment, maintain connections with your fans. If you notice a fan really loves you the day before a song comes out, DM them a link to listen early, like little things like that. Just make, make those fans like right. die, diehards. That's how you get that career. I, I think the whole idea of like, oh, I need the festival. I need the playlist is really not important, especially now in the world we live in with the internet. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we we all expect invitations to your first big, massive live show. Yeah, well, hopefully, it's sure. out here. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, hopefully, it's at the OVO Fest. Oh, uh, well, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah come to Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, yeah, come cool. to Toronto right. for sure. We're manifesting that. two things on this episode. One is the is the ultimate double dip TV show or Great. movie. Great. Yep. And the other is OVO Fest. OVO Fest. We I love a lot it. of things happening this a year. Lot. We have a lot. Of, a I will lot come of back to this episode if that happens, and I'll like do a little stitch, like how it started, how it's going. We'll do. Told you. Told you guys. Great. I love. Look, that's amazing, man. By the way, congrats on all your success. Thank you. Congrats on all your future success. Congrats on being a new dad. Appreciate it. Yes. Good luck. Thank you. From from the dads. Yeah. The dad squad. And now I feel yeah, like now, I'm the one now, that's now isolated. Over here, yeah. Now I'm pulling this way. Now we're 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 in it. Good work. I don't know what's cooler. Child I still actor, don't recommend dad. it. Child actor dad. Yeah, yeah. child actor or dad. What's cooler? I think they're the same. It's okay, like, okay. It's sort of <laughs> like I appreciate oh, okay. that. Yeah. Uh, Guys, make sure you check out Connor Price on all the platforms. Music incredible. His his content is incredible. We appreciate you coming on the show, my man. Thanks. We'll yeah, talk man. soon, all right? Add the Residency Pod. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it.